Please turn with me to the book of James, Practical Christianity in Shoe Leather. So we're going to entitle this message, uh, Practice What You Preach. Practice What You Preach. For those who are not preaching, that's probably why you're not practicing, but I just want to slip that in there. But So get to preaching so we can start practicing. <laughs> Amen. In the book of James... Uh, Sometimes I joke uh, and make make small jokes, not to offend anyone, but the Bible says laughter is medicine to the soul. Uh, If anybody should be happy and joyous is us Christians, us believers. You know, we have have a lot to look forward to, seeing the Savior face to face. We have a blessed hope that the world can't even relate to. And I dare not be a lemon-lipped Christian coming to church. (laughs) So, uh, by all means, uh, let's celebrate Christ as we fellowship with one another and not be too uh, serious, but serious about the cross, but not be so uptight, you know. Amen. All right, let's go. The book of James, we're going to start at verse, uh, we'll start at verse chapter 1. Thank you. James chapter 1. I'll read verse 12, and then, uh, but the, the message is really from uh, verses 18 through 27. It says, Blessed is the man who endures temptations, for when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am Tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt any man, anyone. But each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Then we, when desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death. Do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. Of his own will, he brought us forth by the word of truth, that we might be a kind of first fruit of his creatures. So then, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath, for the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Therefore, lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. Be, but be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, He is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. For he observes himself and goes away and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it and is not a forgetful hearer but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. If anyone among you thinks he is Religious and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his own heart. This man's religion is useless. Pure and undefiled religion 
before God and the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their trouble and to keep oneself unspotted from the word, the world, excuse me. As we look in the book of James, from, chap- from verses 18 through 27, there's a, there's a phrase or a word that stands out, and it's the very word itself, W-O-R-D. The word of God is life changing when it has been received in the heart of mankind. We've heard it in the past, practice what you preach. The problem is, is the church is not doing a lot of preaching because it's not doing a lot of practicing. The big C has failed to practice the word of God simply because it does not esteem the word of God. The word of God has to be very, very important in our lives in order to make changes that we don't even want to be done. Some of us would rather keep the same habits instead of letting God purge things from us, strip things from us. How do I know it so? When any and all of us don't neglect to read the word of God, we are telling God that I don't need your help. Think about that. Every time we don't read the word and every time we don't apply the word, we are, in, we are telling God that I do not need your help. And I don't want your help. It's a sad commentary that the church has blended so much like the world, you can't tell a difference. I'm not talking about, there's always a remnant that God has who is faithful and loving and kind and, and, and filled with the Spirit and want to obey God. But the big C, there are so many who have fallen away in the time in which we live in. And it's simply because they neglect to esteem the Word of God. Look at verse 18. It says, of his own will, he brought us forth by the word of truth. What is that pointing to? That's pointing to the new birth. We have been brought to Christ, birth in Christ, nothing less than the word of God. The word of God is the tool that God used to draw us, to save us. To keep us. Think about it. If our salvation has begun by the word of God, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the what? Word of God. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the what? 
I can't hear you guys. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the what? Word of God. So if we know that our faith has been ignited by the word of God, our salvation begins with the word of God. It's going to end with the word of God. From faith to faith, the word of God is going to carry us all the way to eternity. So if we know that the word of God is effective enough to save us, why is it that we as the church neglect to read the word of God? If we know that the word of God is good for salvation, why is it that we don't know it's good enough for sanctification? Okay, let me go down your street, down your row, and you'll see. And down my street too. All of us can look back over our Christian walk and over our journey. There's been times in our life where we have neglected to read the word. Amen? Am I the only one? I'm talking about from the pulpit down, pulpit to pew. We, none of us is perfect in reading and obeying on a consistent basis. But thanks be to God because of his grace, his mercy, his long suffering. He waits for us to get it, to catch on. He that has begun a good work in us will continue it to the day of Jesus Christ. I'm glad he hasn't put it on our shoulders to begin and finish the work. We would have gave up a long time ago. Amen. The fact that you guys are here today, tonight, is proof that the Lord is doing something in your life, in our hearts, to what? To be drawn to him. The more we're drawn to him, we can see him for who he is. We can give him all the glory and all the praise due his name. So our birth, us being born again, originates by, with the word of God. Verse 18 says, of his own will, he brought us forth. It's God's will to use the word of God to draw us to him. It's in his will. So if it's in his will to save us by the word of God, don't you think it's in his will to sanctify us also? To shape us into the image of his son? But some of us are trying to skip class. What do I mean by that? Let me come. Some of us are skipping class not getting a lesson, when the Bible says, study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needs not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth, that is not a suggestion, that's a command. I don't care if your dad's a preacher. I don't care if your grandfather's a preacher. I don't care if you're a PK kid. I don't care if you're not a PK kid. If you're in Christ Jesus, God calls us all to read, study the word of God. Not for no one else, but for ourselves, for his purpose. 
It says he brought us forth by the word of God, the word of truth. The word of God is the only truth that we have to measure against what is false. So many of us in the past, and, and I'll warn those even today, if we don't know the word of God, the truth of the word, we will get deceived and bamboozled by a lie that comes along. If you're not the type of man or young man that is not eagerly or not um, uh, motivated to talk to people about the word of God when they come up against you, when they, you know they're Jehovah Witnesses, you know they're Mormons. If we're not bold enough to share what the truth is, it's probably because we haven't been in the word. I'm going to say it another way. Some of us are cowards in our faith because we're not in the word of God. Some of us are scared. Some of us are timid because we're not walking in the word. Every man here, every boy here know. See, the Holy Spirit he, he, he prompts us every day, get the word, go get the Bible, go open it up. Some of us ignore it. I know because I, I was one of them. I ignored the Lord a long, a long time, a lot. Nah, I'll read it later. Well, then later comes and I go to sleep or later comes and I'm looking at the TV or, or I forget. I didn't forget. He reminded me in the beginning. It's important for us to read the word. God has brought us forth by the word of God, word of truth, that he might be a kind of, that we might be a kind of first fruit of his creatures. First fruit is the first sheaf or the, what's ripened from harvest. It's the first that belongs to the Lord. Jesus Christ is the first fruit from the dead. We belong to God. When you look at the children of Israel, the Levites in particular, God carves out for himself one tribe to serve him, to minister on behalf of the people, the tribe of Levi. He kills one son. He kills the firstborn sons in Egypt. That's one death of a son. And he raises another son to life. And he wanted the Levites to lead by example. To be ministers, to be ambassadors on behalf of the people. When you look at the book of Malachi, when it says, Will a man rob God, but you have robbed me in tithe and offerings, even this whole nation. What is that about? The tithes and the offerings, if you, look, if you check the record in the Old Testament and in, in Numbers and Deuteronomy, the tithe went to the Levitical tribe, the, the tribe of Levi. Why did it go to the tribe of Levi? I'm glad you asked. It went to the tribe of Levi because the tribe of Levi was the only tribe that did not receive massive land inheritance. The Bible says the Lord himself will be their inheritance. 
So the tithe and the offering, the tithe was, was this is Tony Crockett's commentary, was modern day national tax, federal tax. What happened in the book of Malachi, the, the nation of Israel neglected to bring the tithe, which in turn meant that they rejected keeping God's commands, which means they rejected following the word, which means they rejected what? Living out the word of God. So 10% of the tithes of the land, the crops, the animals, the livestock, the firstborn, Belong to the Levites. And then a 10% of that 10, which is called the heave offering, went to the high priest. What is it a picture of? Everything belongs to God. Everything. Everyone, everything on this planet belongs to the Lord. But how many of us are living our lives as if he is the owner, he's Lord and Savior. We call him Savior, but do we want him to be Lord? Do we allow him to be Lord? That's every day. And there are men and young men doing that, amen? That's living out the word of God. This is not a broad beat, but this is just to cover all bases because there's some who aren't, but there are some who are. There are some who recognize that when Jesus saved them, they're grateful. And they, they reflect their gratitude by learning more about the Word of God, by coming to church, by, by fellowshipping, by what? Practicing what they preach. He wants us to be the kind of creatures that are first fruit. Look at verse 19. So then, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear. So if we're going to be first fruit Christians. Practically, that looks like this. We be quick to hear. Swift to hear. Slow to speak. And slow to wrath. Compulsive talkers usually end up transgression in their language. You show me a man that talks a lot, and then I'm going to show you a man that lies a lot. Okay, let's check the record. Let's go to Proverbs chapter, let's go to Proverbs chapter 13. Let's see here. Proverbs chapter 13, verse 3. If you guys want to write that down. Proverbs 13, verse 3. And it reads, Proverbs 13, 3. He who guards his mouth preserves his life. But he who opens wide his lips shall have destruction. Okay, let's go to another one. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 19. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 19. 
in the multitude of words, sin is not lacking. But he who restrains his lips is wise. You show, you, show me a man that talks a lot, I'll show you a man that sins a lot. Back in James. Practical Christianity looks like this. That we be slow to speak and swift to listen and slow to anger. The Lord had to teach me this to be slow to anger. I mean, I grew up, fly off the handle, bam, like that. Didn't take me much. But through the power of the Holy Spirit, yielding to the Holy Spirit, you can see even in your lives the fruit of the Spirit. He gives us self-control temperance. temperance. He gives us self-control. Before we knew Christ, before we are even now when we're not in the Word of God, we will be out of control and not have self-control. Why? Because we're walking in the flesh, fulfilling the lust of the flesh, and not walking in the Spirit. We all need to be reminded to walk in the Spirit and to not fulfill the lust or desires of the flesh. The flesh want to be first. The flesh want to be prideful. The flesh want to be out front. The, ple- the flesh want to be boisterous, loud, obnoxious, sarcastic. That's all flesh. The Spirit would have us to be humble with meekness, gentleness, kindness, love, patience. So here it says in verse 19, be slow to wrath. We should not be losing our temper. So if we struggle with losing our temper, it could be a reflection. No, it, it ain't could. It is a reflection that we're not in the Word. It's more than just reading the Word. It's applying it. It's not a... It's, I'm jumping ahead. Let's go to Proverbs chapter 16. Proverbs 16. Thank you, Lord. Proverbs 16. Verse 32. Proverbs 16, verse 32. Thank you, brothers, for praying for me. Amen. Proverbs chapter 16, verse 32. It says, he who is slow to anger is better than the mighty. And he who rules his spirit than he who takes a city. God wants us to rule our spirit, our emotions. He wants us to be led of the spirit of God. Amen. Go back to James, please. Thank you. Verse 20 says, for the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Righteousness The right thing. The wrath of man. Vengeance is the Lord, said the Lord. Some some of us love to get even. Vengeance belongs to the Lord. You mad at somebody, tell the the Lord on them. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Your boss tripping at work? I do it all the time. I go to the Lord in prayer. He don't even know what hit him. 
Either God's going to change him or God's going to change me or God's going to change the situation. Guess what? But prayer going to move something. God's going to, the Bible says, the fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. We need to start using our weapons. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. You know, us men, we want to throw blows real quick. Am I the only one? They used to fight a lot. (laughs) It's okay to fight, but we need to fight a different way for the Lord. We need to fight for the truth. Amen. We need to fight to uphold the word of God, whether the preacher down the street don't want to do it or not. We need to be men of valor that stand for the truth. Amen? Amen. Amen. Then it says, verse 21, therefore lay aside all, like it's saying, you got the word. God has birthed you in the word. The type of first fruit we ought to be is this. To lay aside all filthiness. All filthiness. Lay aside every form of impurity. I'm going to say that one more time. Filthiness, it means to lay aside every form of impurity. So if you're thinking about your ex-girlfriend that you used to have sex with, it's sinful, impure. If you're fantasizing about anything that's contrary to the word of God, it's filthy, impure. If, it, if it's not thinking about the word of God, see, we need to get in the word because it's the, the word of God is the only thing that can wash us, can wash our minds. You know, we, we can reflect, we can, we can bring up some sinful past and, and, and we, we think about it, no problem. But how much do we recount the words of Jesus? How much can we regurgitate the word of God? We have to reprogram, debug. We have to put on the mind of Christ, take on the mind of Christ, by what? Renewing our mind daily in the word. Every day we need to wash this, our minds. Thoughts that come in and we, we have to take them captive immediately. It's a sinful thought. Some, amen? The Bible says take every thought captive. We do that with the word of God. So if we're not studying the word, how do we know what verse to use to take the thought captive? All right, let's keep going. Amen. It says, where am I at? Yeah. Verse 21, therefore lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness, the overflow of wickedness. Anything that is not of God, let it go. Say it with me, brothers. Anything not of God, let it go. For you young men, I know there's some some pretty fine young ladies at your school. First thing should come out your mouth, do you know Jesus? I remember being y'all age, you know. You be in the class and the girl be turning around. Hi, how you doing? They be flirting. You share the word of God with them. 
You, you don't even qualify. You know, just throw that out. I'm, I'm going to give you all some advice. Just throw, throw it out there. You don't even qualify to be my girlfriend. They're like, why? That's what you want them to get. You want to get them to say why? Because you got to be a Bible-believing Christian. See, you got to slip it in there. Amen. I was coming over here uh, driving down the street with my son. I ain't going to say which one. But, <laughs> but one of my sons, you know, he got this girl. She always turned around asking him, you know, what's your favorite food? What's this? And I said, son, you know that girl like you, right? She do? I said, yeah. So if she like you, ask her. Say, you don't qualify unless you know Jesus. You know what I mean? <laughs> Slip it in. You got a witness, right? The, the Bible says he who wins souls must be wise, right? You got a bait and hooker, son, with the word. And that's all you better bait and hooker with. Amen. Let's keep going. <laughs> Amen. It says, and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. Receive with meekness, not pride. We need to receive the word in humility. Humility looks like this. I surrender all. Unto you I owe. So if today you don't surrender, today if I don't surrender, tomorrow if we don't surrender, right? That's pride. Okay, I'm going to say it another way. If we don't read the word today, we're not surrendering. That's pride. That's idolatry. That's sin. Okay? All right. Let's keep going. Amen. The Bible says that the, the word of God is, is the implanted word which is able to save your soul. The word of God is so powerful that it will rescue us even from danger, harm. When you think about the children of Israel as they travel through the, the wilderness it's the, it was the word of God that kept them. But every time they doubted the word, didn't have faith in the word that was spoken through Moses, but it's the word of God, what happened? They were cursed, disease, and death. It's no different in Revelation chapter 20. Those who souls are not written in the Lamb book of life, guess what? If you don't receive the word, you're going to receive death. The word of God is life-changing and it's life-affecting. The word of God should change our lives, but it should also affect others' lives. Let me ask you a question. How effective is your ministry? Think about it. How effective, everybody say, how effective is my ministry? If your ministry is not effective, it's because simply we are not in the Word. That's it. It's not, it ain't rocket science. You ain't got to go to seminary. We just need to crack the big book open, get the reading. Some people say, oh, you know, it's boring. Well, turn on the light and get to asking God to what? Creating us a clean heart. And renew a right spirit. It ain't nothing born about God. It's nothing born about learning about God. But our, 
our mind, our perception, our worldview is that it is boring. It is not boring. It's life changing. So we need to get in the word. Verse 22. But be doers of the word and not hearers only. Deceiving yourself. Okay. So if we hear the word every Sunday and we don't do nothing about it, we're deceiving ourselves. It's another word for that. Hypocrite. The reason why Jesus calls the the Pharisees hypocrites, describes Pharisees. Let me turn there. Let's go to Matthew. I think it's 23. Yes, thank you, Holy Ghost. Go to Matthew 23, verse 23. Oh, yeah, that's easy. Matthew 23, 23. Now, the Pharisees and the scribes, everybody agree, religious leaders, right? Everybody agree to that, right? It says, woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. Man, them some strong words. Jesus is calling those who transcribe, write down, Word perfect, the word of God, those who live up to the law as hypocrites. Why he does that? Here we go. For you pay tithe of mint and anise and cumin. So he, 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 he notices, you know, you, you pay the tithes, the tithes of the cumin and anise and, and the mint. And he says, and have neglected the weightier matters of the law. He calls them a hypocrite because on one sense, they're living the law, but on another sense, they're neglecting the law. So Jesus just looks at overall, he just calls them a hypocrite. They want to give offering, but they don't want to live as an offering. Oh, man. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Let's keep, let's keep reading. Look what it says. It says, they neglected the weightier matters of the law, justice, mercy, and faith. They don't want to live out the word. They want to practice it. Religiously give offerings, but they don't want to apply mercy, judgment, and faith. As a matter of fact, in the, it's, without faith, it's impossible to please God. As a matter of fact, in the Old Testament, which they knew, the just shall live by faith. They wasn't even living out in faith. Jesus calls them a hypocrite. They religious. They come to church, they come to the synagogue, but their lips is near him, but their heart is far away from him. What am I saying? If we don't get in the word of God, our lips, we, that's lip service. God wants heart service. Let me, let me say it one more time. Everybody say it with me. God wants lip service and heart service. He wants our praise, but after we finish praising him, he wants our practice all right let's keep going james amen y'all got time everybody got time all right let's keep going all right amen it says for if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror so we don't practice the word of god 
It's like looking in the mirror. Let me keep reading. I'm not. For he observes himself and goes away and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. The word of God is a mirror. It shows us everything about us. It reveals the heart. It's a discerner of the thoughts and the mind and intents of the heart. When we read the word, but don't do nothing about it, it's like looking in the mirror, you see it sleep in your eye and you forgot. You don't do nothing about it. You got a big old great booger in your nose and you don't want to get a napkin. You just go out the house with boogers in your nose. I can always tell my sons comb their hair or brush their hair. I say, son, you brush your hair? They know the answer. What am I looking for? I'm looking to see if they got them, them smooth waves. Now, I got to cut the hair, but I'll cut the hair. But my point is saying is what I'm saying is this. When we all go in the mirror in the morning, I hope we take time to check the image that's before us. When we read the word, I hope we take time to check the image. What image are we looking for? I'm glad you asked. We're looking to see, do we see Christ? Do we see Christ? The goal is not to look like who we grew up like. We want to look like who we're aspiring to be like, which is Jesus Christ. Let's keep going. It says, but he who looks in the perfect law of liberty continues in it is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work. This one is will be blessed in what he does. The law of liberty practices the word. We're liberated by the word. We're, we're ensnared or in bondage when we neglect to apply the word. Amen. Let's keep going. If anyone among you think he is religious and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his own heart, this, one, this one's religion is useless. Pure and undefiled religion before God the Father is this, to visit the orphans, widows, and in trouble, and to keep oneself unspotted from the world. The two contrasts is, in verse 26, at the end of verse 26, the word useless, and then the other contrast is pure and undefiled. So do you have a useless religion, or do you got a pure and undefiled religion? A useless religion is this. We don't practice what we preach. A useless religion is this. We forget what the, what's in the mirror of the word. See, God in the word of God, he reveals to us the sin, our shortcomings, our strength. He revealed it all. He revealed his work in our life because we can't take no credit. Amen. He reveals it all. So the more we engage in the word of God, we see how much we need him. Pure religion and undefiled is this. They visit the what? What does it say? To visit the orphans and the widows in their trouble. It goes from doctrine to a duty. If we preach 
And if we teach and if we hold these truths of doctrine to be true, but you never have no action by what you believe, your religion is useless. It ain't even real. It's fake. The religion that the Bible speaks of is one in practice. Out of a heart who has surrendered to Jesus Christ. We can stop right there. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you, O God, for your grace, your mercy, your love. Help us to be men of the word, men of integrity, men that will not forget what the word of God shows us in the mirror. Help us, O God, those who lack getting in the word, who lack a desire to get in your word, give us that desire, Lord. We ask, O God, that you forgive us for not being on fire, not being engaged, not, not surrendering to your will to get in your word, Lord. We, we ask that you forgive us for our sin, O oh God. Help us to love you, to love your word. Show us how to apply your word in our lives. We all need you, Lord. We all need to grow. We thank you, O oh God, for Jesus Christ. We thank you for the, the body of Christ. Iron does sharpen iron. Help us all to get in the word. That we may be, be the better for Jesus. We thank you, O oh God. Guard our hearts, guard our minds. From all filthiness. Help us to receive the implanted word with meekness. Help us not be prideful to go on in life and neglect reading your word, disobeying your word. Help us learn from the saints of old to surrender to you all. We thank you, O God, that you save us by your grace. You're so long-suffering in spite of our disobedience. We just thank you, Lord. Change our hearts this day to be on fire for you. Revive us again. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.